Welcome to Fly on the Wall Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Songson, CEO and founder of Church Boom. Here you get to sit in on a live coaching session as I coach pastors through the ministry challenges we all face. If you find this podcast helpful, please make sure to like, subscribe, and share. Today, we get to talk to a great friend of mine from the wonderful state of Maine. Uh, he is Seth D. He's got a great church. I love working with him and coaching him. And today we're talking about how do we cast vision more effectively. No matter what, we all have to cast vision. That's part of being a leader, but how do we do it more effectively? Let's check out the conversation. How can I help you today? What's on your mind? Yeah. So one thing that I'd love to get some tips on is how to create more buy-in for uh, events, outreaches, conferences. There, There's certain things that are easy to get people to come to, um, mm -hmm. but honestly, we're a little hesitant sometimes to do like a conference and stuff because there just doesn't seem to be a ton of buy-in with that mm. so i'm just wondering like how do you create more buy-in i guess and all sorts of I, I mean apply that everywhere yeah yeah well you know i think that's a great question because really that has to do with with vision how do you how do you get people to rally towards a vision uh whether that vision is outreach or a conference or whatever that vision may be uh, how do you get people to rally towards that, I think, is is really what you're asking. Um, and I think there's a couple things that I think we always have to consider. There, there's, there's something I always talk about, natural momentum and manufactured momentum. Mm -hmm. And I think that every church has different things that go in the category of natural momentum. And there's different things that go in the category of manufactured momentum. So what I mean by that is natural momentum is, man you just do it and people get excited about it, you know, for whatever reason. Now you go to the church, the next state over, no one would ever get into that. You might even go to a church <laughs> the next city over and no one gets into that. But for whatever reason, at this church, in this state, in this city, whatever that state or city is, there's just natural momentum whenever we do that. Then there's those things that are manufactured momentum. It's like, man, it is pulling teeth to get people to come out to the whatever, you know, to sign up for this or be a part of that or participate in this, whatever it is, there's just manu, it's like manufactured momentum. Like we've got to pull teeth to even get a small crowd. Um, and I think one, so one of the things I, I tell people all the time is you, you do need to realize that to some degree there's natural and manufactured momentum. And you know, sometimes I think that's culture. Sometimes I think that's part of the mix of the pastor and the people. Sometimes I think it's just where the Lord is kind of, you know, providing the manna, if you will. He's sort of, you know, kind of shadowing with his anointing and blessing. It's like, man, we just do this and it works. I don't know why. It just does. This right never does. <laughs> and yeah. I think we have to be okay with the things that do. And then we also have to be okay with the things that don't do. And, and yeah. so I think that's one thing, that's for sure. The other thing is anytime you're casting vision, Seth, it is important that, um, and I think you and I have talked about this, but it's important uh, when you are casting vision and when you are presenting something, it may be a natural minimum, momentum and a manufactured momentum problem. It could be one of those two, but let's put that aside for a moment. I think people always have to ask, have I have I worked this vision from the inside out? So, okay, it starts with the pastor, and it, start, it starts with the Lord, it starts with the pastor. Then it goes, okay, what about my key leaders? Are they really bought into this, my staff? Okay, then what about the key leaders? 
and the board? And then what about the volunteers? Are they bought in? And then because if if you get buy in here, you know, kind of think of it like a you know, like a uh, like a target, if you will. If you get buy-in here and then buy-in here and then buy-in here, getting buy-in from the church won't be a problem. Right. But if you don't get buy-in here, here, and here, this will never work. That's so um, that that is an important part of it. So sometimes people will cast a vision. They're like, oh, dude, no one's getting on board. I'm like, okay, so your staff, are they all in? Uh, you know, I mean, I kind of brought it to them. I talked to the board. I mentioned it to my leaders. I'm like, no, 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 no. This, then this, then this, then this, and then this won't be a problem. It's always about the one thing I always say the meeting before the meeting is the most important meeting. So, you know, it's like, I'm going to present it to the church. Okay, but what about the six meetings before you present it to the church? (laughs) Yeah. That's That's the difference. The meeting before the meeting, the meeting before the meeting is the most important meeting. Because, again, because. You know, you, you get your your board is on board with you, your staff's on board with you, the, the key leaders are on board with you, your volunteers have heard about it. Yeah, you know, out of 100, whatever, just call it 100, 100 people between volunteers and leaders and da-da-da-da-da-da, out of the 100, man, I think the majority are on board. It's not going to be a problem when you get to the church. It's not going to be a problem because the, awesome. the, the people will come into that lane. But if you get yeah. problems here, <laughs> I wouldn't go here uh, until you make sure that this is right. So yeah, that's good. That's thank that, you. That's vision casting one hundred and one. Is just like you gotta get the main voices and main influencers on board with you. If that's they're on great. board, it'll work. So if I not, think that leads. Don't. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just saying. I think that. I, I think that honestly kind of leads into the next question I had for you. Um, yeah. So if they're like, there are key leaders um, and, and, but there's like a cultural difference between me and a key leader. Like, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with those? How do you deal with cultural differences um, Mm. that maybe they're not even aware of? Hmm. Hmm. when you say cultural differences, are you talking about uh, cultural as in uh, the, the, the culture of the city, the culture of the church, or is it more about, uh, is, it, is, it, is it even more about beliefs? Like, hey, I, I kind of operate ministry this way, believe this way, teach this way, whatever. This person is completely different. And yeah, is that kind of more what you're talking about? I, I would say I would say maybe uh, probably a mixture of culture of the church and just kind of culture in um, maybe the way that I would operate and just some key differences there um, mm. where they're they're just thinking totally differently than I would be thinking about that aspect of ministry. Yeah, well, I think there's two thoughts. One, um, moving forward, it's always good to know. Um, as you bring on different leaders, do they fit into the lane and culture that I'm that I feel like God's calling me to produce? Mm. Because if they're not, then you know, to me, if you're looking at sort of a checklist of who, you know, hey, I, I want to be a leader at your church. Maybe you feel that. Maybe you see something in me. I start rising up, and you're like, man, we're going to give this guy a position. Whatever. It's like, okay, whatever those checklist is, one of those checklists needs to be. Okay, does does the person share the same 
culture and values that I share. If they don't, um, that's a huge red flag. Uh, probably a red flag enough to say they shouldn't be a leader at this time, or we need to have a much deeper, at least we need to have a deeper conversation because they shouldn't even be on the team. Now, with someone that's on the team that's going that way, I think, you know, I, I follow the the Matthew 18 principle. You know, you, uh, you go to that brother at once and just say, hey, look, I think we're seeing some things differently. Yeah. Here's the three areas where I see that we're seeing things differently. Yeah. I need you to come on board. Now, I grant it, I'm not change, telling you to change your heart, change your whatever you think God's called you to, but I can't have you rowing you know, in a different direction. Yeah. I need, I need you rowing with me on this boat. And, you know, I, you know, without going into too great a detail, uh, but with, with the details that you have given me, you know, um, I think it's a, I don't want to say a come to Jesus meeting, but I think it's a Matthew 18 moment where it's like, yeah, dude, are you, are you on board with me or not? Uh, because you can't have, I always say people are either rowing with you rowing against you or not rowing at all. Mm. And um, you want people rowing with you. The yeah. people that are not rowing at all doesn't mean that they're causing any problems. They're not doing really much. Yeah. But when someone's got a cultural and value different and they tend to voice that more often than they should, and I'm not saying this person is, they're rowing against you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're, yeah. And you're making it harder for the boat to move. Mm-hmm. That's good, yeah. man. Yeah, that's really yeah. good. Um, so I appreciate that. Ha- yeah, have the difficult conversation, Seth. You know yeah. that's not always easy to do, but <laughs> you know I, I think of- anybody that's got any sort of leadership understanding be like, dude, I got to have you rowing with me, or I can't have you on the boat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, we're going down a we're going down a river. You know, I need everybody rowing in the same direction. Uh, you're <laughs> yeah. rowing in a different direction isn't going to help us. It's actually going to yeah. hurt us. Yeah, uh, and slow that's down good. the boat. You know, yeah. Uh, so I think that awesome. you know that's the way that I would view that. You know, but I yeah. would have that hard conversation, and um, yeah, and I would make and, and back up and uh, to what I said earlier, just to remind you that cultural and value, if they don't line up, they they shouldn't be on the team, or at least there needs to be a much deeper conversation. Uh, they, you got to make sure that they're the people are rowing with you, uh, and culture and value is one of the biggest oars that row against you. Mm. And uh, you got to be careful with that. You yeah, got to protect no, that. You got to protect that culture. And in order for you to protect that culture, and I'll add this uh, to anybody that's watching this podcast or listening to it, in order for you to protect the culture and the values, you have to be you have to know what they are. Not just like, yeah, we're kind of no no no. What is your culture? What is your values? What is the clarity of that? I mean, give me three minutes on that, you know, and someone can just rattle it off. Look, this is what we believe. These are the five things that we pushed. This is what we're all about. Okay, that's clear. If it's kind of all over the map and it's not clear, (laughs) that's even more difficult because you're asking people to row in a direction that you can't even clarify. Mm. And, uh, man, if it's uh, one thing I always say, man, if it's a – uh, if it's a mist in the pulpit, it's a fog in the pew, you know, and uh, and if it's sort of like, ah, it's kind of like our culture's like, if the leader's like that, it's it's a, it's a mess elsewhere. So if 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 part of the vetting process is going to be, hey, the culture and the values got to be lined up, you know, and 
okay, to be on this team. Okay, you better be able to know what that is. What's yeah. the clarity of the culture? What's the value? Um, mm. If you don't know That's that, good. if you don't know that, then you can't you can't expect people to live up to something you can't clarify. Yeah, that's good. Awesome. So, yeah. Awesome. Anyway. What else you got, my man? Uh, this one's a, a little less specifically about us, but what's the greatest daily habits that you have that you think I should should do too? Oh, man, that's an awesome question. <laughs> daily habit. Well, you know, uh, that's that's a great question. There's a lot of daily habits where I'm like, now don't repeat that. Uh <laughs> Don't do that. One thing, um, one thing I try to do. I mean, I think it's easy for us as pastors to go read the word, you know, which I do every day. Uh, did early this morning. Um, I always exercise first thing in the morning. First two things I do. First thing I do is I read. Second thing I do is I exercise, and then I get ready for the day. Uh, very consistent with that. Um, but uh, the one thing that I would say is figure out a way to add value to your own personal development and your own personal mm-hmm. leadership. Um, you know, some people say, man, I just don't have all the time to read. Okay, well then stop listening to music in the car and listen to a podcast. <clears throat> well, it's only a five-minute drive to my to my office. Okay, five minutes there, five minutes back. It's 10 minutes. Yeah. It's 10 more minutes than you had. Uh, one of the things I, I would say is, I always try to figure out how am I going to add value to my personal leadership every day, whether that's, mm. again, some days <clears throat> it might be five minutes, some days it might be an hour. Uh, but the consistency of it is what you're going after. Yeah. If it averages 12 minutes a day, okay, that's not a lot, but 12 times seven, you know, then you go into how, how you know, times four for the month by the end of the year, it's like, that's a lot. Yeah. Uh, a lot of new information, a lot of new concepts going inside of your head. So I would figure out, Seth, how do I add value to rather than I got to read this book? I got to read this book. Maybe. Or maybe it's a <laughs> podcast. Maybe it's just, I, I, you know, today, starting in 2023, I no longer listen to music in my car. Uh, or I only listen it on the way to work, but not on the way back or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But but I'm going to make sure that I've, I have time by which I'm growing every yeah. day. That's good. The, you know, one thing it's called, uh, you know, you've heard it tossed around from different people called the rule of five. Like, what are the five things I'm going to do every day before my head hits the pillow? Okay. You know, I'm going to exercise every day. I'm going to read the Bible every day. I'm going to, okay, find out those things that you're going to do, whether it's two things, four things, three things. I'm going to do these things every day. Now, sometimes I'm going to do an hour of this and only five minutes of that, or sometimes only be five minutes of each. But when my head hits the pillow, I'm going to make sure I've done that. Yeah. That's good. And that's what I would do because, you know, <clears throat> the uh, uh, people, a while back I was teaching at a, at, a, at a kind of a, I don't know, 60, 70 pastors in the room and I was doing some stuff on a whiteboard and teaching them and, and a guy was being very kind to me, you know, he was very nice. He's like, man, dude, he goes, we ask you any question, you just pop off with answers, you get a whiteboard, you start going with stuff. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not that smart. What I've done right is every day. Without fail, I've poured a little bit of leadership into my life. Five minutes one day, an hour an hour the next day, but every day. So I don't think I'm any different, I was telling this guy. I just, one thing I've done really well is be consistent. 
I don't think I'm smarter. I've just been very consistent. And after a while, it all starts adding up. Mm, and so I think you you got a great heart. You're a young leader. If you can right now decide, Seth, that, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to do everything I can to be consistent in, in my personal leadership development, my leadership development, my understanding of leadership and how to grow as a leader, develop people, be, be attractional as a leader. If I can learn how to do that, even if it's only five minutes a day, 10 minutes a day, 12 minutes a day, a little podcast, a podcast I keep listening to, something. Podcast when I'm in the shower, I listen to it on, you know, I just let it blare off on the sink or whatever. But something where it's getting into my head and heart. Yeah. I think, you know, a few years from now, you'll just be spitting out leadership thoughts because so much has been put into you. That's awesome, man. Thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anything else today, man? I I mean, I could ask more. (laughs) I got all sorts of questions, but thank you so much, man. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, man, dude, it's always good to see you, bro. And uh, sure to appreciate you, you. It's an honor to be a part of the incredible group at, in Bangor, Maine, at, a, at your great <laughs> church. You're doing an awesome job. And uh, I just love being a part of playing a small role in it all to, to help you out. So and thanks for being on the podcast today, dude. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. Th- thank you so much, man. Thank you for all your help. Really appreciate you. <laughs>